This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means that you can bask in this day's glory. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Day After Dynamite, your look back at all things AEW from yesterday. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. I'm joined by a special guest today. He is from uh, a show called, hold on, uh, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. Sounds interesting. Uh, his name is B-Rob. How are you doing, B-Rob? Man, it is always an honor and a privilege to be in your presence, sir. And it's uh, great to be here to talk about some professional wrestling, especially AEW Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, and I want to hear from everybody as far as last night's Dynamite is concerned because, man, what a Dynamite that was. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely an all-timer episode. I think uh, as far as Cage Match is concerned, it's one of the higher rated ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think even in the top five. Uh, but... I want to hear from you guys. Um, definitely send us your super chats. Send us your humper chats. Uh, Humperchats.com uh, is our uh, Streamlab solution. Hit that up, uh, humperchats.com. Um, but then also just want to see your chats in general uh, because I see a uh, good old bad company bill just sent us a fire emoji. Uh, pow, thank pow. You. Pow, pow. Um, and then uh, also want to give a shout out to my dude. Um, he is a miracle in himself. He is Mike Bennett. Uh, and uh, I thought, I thought, but the the lower third here has me cut off. But otherwise, you could see my Mike Bennett shirt. Mike Bennett, always a source of, of inspiration. And I love that guy. And uh, he's always been a great friend. Yeah. And I was um, there when he gave you that shirt. Yeah, <laughs> you were. Um, so either way, always excited to do shows with Rob and uh, and have a little piece of my my old show, the the podcast that I I got, got started you on yeah the podcast <laughs> i got started on rbr weekly wrestling talk you actually took my place on the show we didn't host together on that show for those who don't know that mm-hmm. um that when i left that show back in september uh you came in around november-ish mm-hmm. and uh yeah so we didn't get to officially host together on the show but uh i think the show is in really good hands at the moment if you've never checked out rbr weekly wrestling talking follow him on twitter rbr wrestling uh and the show can be found at rbrwrestling.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of the uh, Fan Off Network, fanoff.com. Um, the show's been running uh, a little over... Oh, yeah, over it's, 16? It's almost, it's almost, almost 17 seven, years. It's almost 17 years. Uh, I hosted that show, for those who don't know, I hosted that show uh, for 16 of those years. Mm-hmm. I hosted it from June of 2005 till just this past September. And... Uh, and then that's when I left to start hosting Grap City, which I host every Saturday. Uh, and Rob, you have been on there ever since. Yeah, man. It's just, um, I've been a part of the community. It's like you said, it's been around almost 17 years. And I think I've been there over 11 of those 17. Yeah. I, so. I first met you back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was after knowing you online for a really long time. But I met you in person uh dallas yeah in dallas uh wrestlemania 32 Mm -hmm. uh so known each other a long time and 
Always a pleasure to talk with you, and always a pleasure to do a podcast with you. But we're talking about AEW Dynamite. Uh, it was the February 9th edition. It was mm-hmm. live from Atlantic City, New Jersey. It was in the home of WrestleMania's 4 and 5, which a lot of people mistakenly mm-hmm. think. And I won't say mistakenly because WWE lied to you. Uh, but <laughs> uh, because the show was held in what was um, was called at the time at WrestleMania 5 and uh, 4 and 5, they called it Trump Tower. Oh, boy. It was not. Uh, <laughs> Trump was the sponsor of the event and therefore... Um, they pretty much called uh, the venue Trump Tower, but it was actually across the street. Trump Tower is not even there anymore, but um, this historic venue was. Uh, but this was the home of WrestleMania's four and five. Um, and yeah, let's dive into it. First thing I want to do though is read uh, super chat from Brent Lockman. He says, "Watching the crowd lose it for just the word limitless proves who their fan base is, and it." was amazing um so i'll tell you what you know it's not like uh we doing spoilers or anything because this is the day after and pretty sure by now everybody knows what's going on um when this moment happened i did not see it live reason being is because usually on wednesday nights before we do rbr i am getting off work at seven o'clock so what my, my thing is, I'll turn it on on my tablet and I'll put it on the floorboard in the back seat of my car and I'll listen to it on the way home. <laughs> okay. So I've, this I've, partic- I've had moments like that, right? So I, sometimes if I'm like traveling and this is like probably not safe at all, but then mm-hmm. again, people, uh, I don't know, Uber drivers do it all the time. But um, so I have a mount for my phone uh, oh. on my dash. And so like there are times where if uh, any wrestling show is like any show that I need to be watching, um like especially if i have to cover it right uh but i'm on my way somewhere i will just put leave it on the dash it'll play through my bluetooth speakers and for the most part i'm just like listening to it but then like Mm -hmm. you know i'll cut my eyes over if something yeah uh, important happens that's why i had to put it on the floorboard in the back seat because otherwise if it's on i know (laughs) i was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) but no but this particular night i was off i had the whole day off but i poor time management on my on my end but since I was off, I had to do all the duties. I had to clean the stuff, had to cook the food, had to prep all these things. So the inner circle segment come up. I was like, oh, Jericho about to run his mouth for a good grip. I'm going to go run, jump in the shower real quick. I get out <laughs> I get out the shower, and I'm mid-Keith Lee match. I'm, I'm like right in the middle of the bill. <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy is coming out of the sky and hitting the ground. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, oh, man, I love that. Um I have to say, by the way, so uh, with this being Day After Dynamite, a.k.a. Dad, um, you, of course, you're only my second guest on the show. This is only the second episode of Day After Dynamite, Mm -hmm. but you are my first dad guest. And that, uh, (laughs) yes, and that finally, I said from the beginning that the show is going to have some big dad energy. Mm -hmm. And hey, we're both dads. Oh, you get the horns? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh so we're going to talk about this segment by segment. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about um all the things that happened on Dynamite and the aftermath. Uh what are things looking like today? That's the beauty mm-hmm. of this being day after Dynamite. Uh, of course, the opening segment of the show was 
hearing from MJF on his historic win. Now, MJF had tweeted out that this was actually going to be a very um, a, a humble segment. And sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, for whatever reason, I don't know why I did. I took him seriously on that. And the moment the segment kicks off, I thought, uh, of course. I should have known. I should have known that uh, this this wasn't going to be... I, I should have known what this was going to be, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I let myself get worked. Uh, but, of course, they, after the opening pyro, you can see that all of a sudden they've got Burberry carpet rolled out. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was amazing to see. I was like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. I've seen red carpets. I've seen blue carpets, but I've never seen a Burberry carpet before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Burberry carpet rolled out. Uh, and in the ring, we were... Uh, joined by various members of the Pinnacle, but we, but we, but we are remiss to to put out there that they made Wardlow come out there, no intro music, no nothing, and he came out there with the little standees that he had to set up in the yeah, ring. He, he had to come up with the standees and he had to stand them up, uh, and then out came FTR, and then Sean Spears, and then uh, that leads to Justin Roberts giving a big introduction. I, I, I like how you just read that and you couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yes. Uh, he goes into a big introduction. Um, pretty much every nickname uh, and every accolade that MJF has ever had was read off. And here we had MJF. I have to tell you, I was nervous throughout his intro for a couple of reasons. All I was worried about was, as he was being carried out by the, the six guys who had him yeah. uh, on their shoulders as he's uh, being carried out on the throne, um, I I was thinking, like, oh, my God, they've got a carpet on the ramp. Like, what if one of oh, them just, like, ooh, slips? This whole thing becomes a disaster. And I was, like, just panicked about that this whole time. <laughs> Every step they took, my heart just, like, beats just a little bit more and a little bit harder. And... Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about that the entire time. <laughs> I don't know. Was I alone here? Chat, let me know. Was I? Am I crazy there for for watching for that the whole? The I was mesmer. I was just mesmerized by the Burberry carpet to, uh-huh. to even notice anything <laughs> else. I mean, they got the Burberry carpet. That, uh, even Spears carry around the the Burberry printed chair. You know, right. that's just crazy. Uh, and then, of course, he also has um, two lovely ladies with him. Uh, oh. One uh, gives him a, a kiss on the cheek, and then the other, uh, who some people who are familiar with MJF might actually know quite well, uh, but she uh, and MJF go into like hard makeout mode. And yeah, I, I felt uncomfortable because I was just like, "Oh, that's cute." Then they just like it just kept going, and I was like, what "I is mean, this? it's it's MJF being MJF," but. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like I said, those familiar with MJF knew exactly who that was and knew exactly why that was done. And <laughs> so uh, that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, MJF gets in the ring and declares victory, declares he beat. Uh, and and there were the little digs continuing to, uh, I guess, sow the seeds of dissension between uh the pinnacle and Wardlow as MJF says he did it all by himself. And then mm-hmm. he says, wait, uh, I actually have to give thanks to uh, <laughs> one person who, who really helped me out. Sean Spears, who, if I had worked out with Sean Spears beforehand, 
what sold me on that whole bit was like, you know, the, the subtle digs and everything. The camera kept switching over to Warlow and the, you could yeah. see his facials every time. And especially when he said that part that you brought up about, uh, I had to thank this one person. Warlow was taking the step forward to, you know, yeah. be to the forefront to be acknowledged. And he's like, Sean Spears. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was great. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I love that. And yeah, CM Punk makes his way out. And we got... A first in the history of AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite has aired for 123 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those 123 episodes, only one of them has ever, ever had a match added to the show during mm-hmm. the show. That's a regular thing in some in other WWE. company. Well, in, in WWE, <laughs> that's a regular yeah. thing, right? You know, they'll, they'll have an opening segment. Uh, promo cut somebody challenges to some uh, somebody to a match and they'll say well we're gonna do this tonight and the crowd pops and we get the match later in the night that's a regular thing but that hasn't happened in 123 episodes of AEW dynamite mm-hmm. we've told this one uh this was the first time it's ever taken place uh now uh, and as i said they've done because somebody tried to correct me and i was like they've done mystery opponents before they've yeah. also done um uh, mystery tag partners, little things mm-hmm. like that. There's been stuff where you didn't know all the details of the match, but as far as the match simply not existing prior to the start of the show, mm-hmm. that had never happened before here. Uh, and uh, so, in a way, it was kind of unique in that, uh, you know, they've hinted at doing it before, and then it doesn't happen, where mm-hmm. they've uh, somebody has said, you know, I'd love to face you tonight, but I can't. And then yeah. the match like gets added to to next week. So I thought that's what was going to happen here, mm-hmm. and or even said, get pushed to rampage or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and they've done that. They pushed to rampage, but I was not expecting the match to simply get added to the show, and then it got added to the show. All of a sudden, uh, CM Punk challenges. Um, so CM Punk first off uh, says he's going to need some backup, and he brings out mm-hmm. Sting and Darby. Sting and Darby make their way. Uh, they they surround uh, CM Punk and now he's got backup. He says he wants his rematch from Greensboro, which is some may recall was the six man tag match. Six man tag. Uh, FTR and MJF and uh, MJF says no, he's not doing it. But you can have FTR, uh, but you have to pick a partner, and it can't be Sting, be or, Sting Darby. or Darby. And so our match is made. So and- now in that instance right there, when you're watching this or whatnot, who did you think that he was going to pick? Because off the top of my head, I was just like, well, shit, let him pick Wardlow. Just <laughs> I thought that's what I thought. I was like, you know what would be cool? If he picked Wardlow, that would have been dope. Uh, and, and yeah, we got people saying happened. that in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, some of the things I, I'd like, if they had done that, then I would have played around with the idea of what mm-hmm. happens when Wardlow gets tagged in. And, like, he starts to kind of yeah. go, but then, like, ultimately still – remembers his contract with uh, MJF and like doesn't go through with it. That's where I thought they were going. Uh so Also I was being a penis and was like, yeah, he going to pick Cocabana. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I I don't know. Um mm-hmm. but I guess I really wasn't expecting Moxley other than the fact that mm-hmm. I thought to myself Moxley has to be doing something on this show and mm-hmm. he is not currently advertised, so uh, I wonder what it is, but I didn't think he'd be here. No, yeah, that was it's a all surprise. all kinds of ca- callbacks for those two or whatever. They had a match in FCW against each other to where Punk cut a promo at the end of the match saying that people compare 
Mox, or I forget what they was calling me, the Mox of Dean to him being the next CM Punk. And he was like, no, there's never going to be another CM Punk, but he's going to be the first and only John Moxley or whatever he was called at the time. And then also the shield will come up to save punk when they debut. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, your co-host of, from RBR, Cody, he actually had like his biggest tweet ever. Exactly. Uh, with, uh, with the, the handshake of Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, saving CM Punk. Um, so yeah, I, so this segment was a little long for me, but, um, mm. I feel like it got what it needed to get done. MJF got his big victory. This is probably uh, why I should have went and took the shower at. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, because for me, I'm not big on talking segments, uh, especially to open the show. Um, AEW has just over the the last three years kind of conditioned me to like give me a match. I want to start mm-hmm. with a match, and I want to be into a match. And so uh, because of that, uh, this segment gets a B minus from me. Um, everybody in it delivered well. I actually mm-hmm. think that uh, I've been singing his praises for a while, but I do think that Dax Harwood comes mm-hmm. off like a legitimately. I'm not going to say intimidating, but he comes off like somebody who was there to fight. And when he got on the mic and... You, know, you think I look Dax, good in this suit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to wear like this da- crap. Uh, yeah, I like Dax Hardwood. And I think that Dax Hardwood uh, comes off like somebody who, uh, uh, like I said, who he comes off scrappy. And, and mm-hmm. I believe Dax Hardwood. And I want to see more. Uh, I, I've been saying for a while that Dax Hardwood is a guy that uh, if some of the tag team guys get a singles run in, say, the Owen... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the ones I want to see get a run like that. I just, I love Dax. Uh, and then backstage we get, uh, immediately see, after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty much as soon as we get back from commercial break, uh, we see Sting and Darby finally getting to talk with, um, uh, with Andrade. I absolutely am such a fan of this Andrade and Darby and Sting story. It's my favorite thing. Uh, the fact that he calls him Mr. Stink mm-hmm. um, is, is <laughs> like, that pops me every time. And uh, the idea that Andrade just does not understand that these two it's are like, He friends. works for you. I mean, he's, <laughs> <laughs> I need to hire him. I want him yes. to work for me. <laughs> uh, but then they both declare their intentions of wanting their hands on the TNT yeah. Championship. Uh, and suddenly, we've kind of got something here. I don't know what that means, by the way. Does that mean that they're both going to be in the Face of the Revolution ladder match? Or are we getting some kind of three-way at Revolution mm-hmm. uh, for the title itself? I don't know. I know. So many possibilities, and that's yes. what I like. It's like there's no straight line to this one place. It's just so many pathways. Yeah, I, I, was, a, I was a big fan of the segment. And, uh, but also I'm a big fan of just Andrade in general, uh, Mm -hmm. doing, I think honestly, uh, it, it surprises me how well his, uh, his talking work has been. I was going to say mic work, but he's not really working the mic as much as he's just talking. He's talking backstage. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and I say that in the sense, cause somebody came at me in, uh, on Twitter yesterday when I complimented it. And he said that, uh, this is one of your worst takes cause I have trouble understanding him. And like, those are two different things because mm-hmm. to me, uh, and, uh, so I, I'm from Colorado mm-hmm. and you are from Texas. So you know what I'm talking about here, Yeah. but, um, I live around a lot of people who don't speak perfect English. Um, no. because Spanish is, is huge here. 
Yeah. Uh, and and so, hell, just just being from Louisiana, a lot of our accents are just jacked up anyway. So <laughs> it's like right. it's another language. Uh-huh. Well, so my thing is, people not speaking perfect English does not correlate to mic skills to me or charisma mm-hmm. to me. Because to me, I, I've encountered people my entire life. I'm from California also. I've encountered people my entire life that don't speak perfect English. Mm-hmm. But yet, um, that's They okay. get the point across. They get the point across. Uh, I still know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still makes sense to me. And so, to me, he's speaking just to somebody who's second language is English, but he's still speaking confidently and he's mm-hmm. still speaking um, in a way that I think he's getting his point across. And, mm-hmm. and it like just certain things he says always pop me. I think he's great. Uh, and it, it's, it's the same like, thing with uh, Sheeta. Uh, well, Sheeta is the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miro though. Miro's one where mm-hmm. like people talk about as an excellent talker. And I think Miro is an excellent talker. Uh, it, obviously English is a second language, but mm-hmm. I think that he, he comes across confidently and he comes across as somebody uh, with a ton of charisma. And so I, I love it. I think that mm-hmm. Andrade is doing great. Uh, I would not, uh, and, and I don't think he's going to, but I, I see why initially he was paired with Zelina. I see why mm-hmm. in AEW um, the thought was maybe Vicky Guerrero and then um, mm-hmm. Chavo. But ultimately, I think he's got it. I think he's good. I mm-hmm. enjoy Because, I mean, they gave him an assistant that, like, he doesn't fit the mouthpiece role, so he's just like actually there as an assistant while Drade does oh, yeah. all the, I, the talking. I, yeah, I love uh, Jose the assistant. Jose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Jose the assistant in that uh, he is truly there to be an assistant. He's not a yeah. mouthpiece. He's not his manager. He is there to, like, I don't know, he's Smithers. Like, that's what, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what he is to me, right? And, mm-hmm. and so I, I like Jose. Uh, and this brings us into the first match, um, which was, uh, Wardlow versus, Mm -hmm. uh, the AHFOs, the blade. So before we get too far into this match, my, um, question for you was, cause we have the merger to which made it the A F H O elemental P whatever the hell they call this shit. Um, so do you feel like with the current news with uh, Jeff Hardy and how Matt's been talking and how he's been phasing himself away from the AHFO, do you think that's something of note? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely think it's of note. And I was going to talk about that in the uh, in one of the upcoming matches. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. No. Uh, this match went through a commercial break, which just kind of made it stretch a little longer. Weird, yeah. Um, but, you know... It's like I like the blade. Uh, I actually like butchering the blade as a tag team mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and but ultimately, this was the Wardlow squash. But if you notice, he's starting to get positioned against heels now in yeah. squashes, and uh, that you know, obviously, it was these squashes were designed to get the fans behind him. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, they pop with each power bomb, and they they love the sequence. As soon as they know what's happening, they love Especially it. Especially when he hits like maybe the second one, and he pushes him. In the roll through and grabs yeah, him back. Everybody oh, when like he does the, when he does the roll through, <laughs> that gets him every time. Uh, and what I liked here uh, was that he was positioned to get somebody a little bit tougher. To me, mm. this reminded me a lot, obviously, to a um, a much 
lesser extent. So Goldberg? don't think I'm saying the same thing. No, not Goldberg. But um, <laughs> this, so there was a period in uh, 2005 where Batista was starting to to really get over as a baby mm-hmm. face. And I think it was right after. Um, uh, I want to say it was right after New Year's Revolution 2005. Batista faced Chris Benoit, and okay. it was one of like Batista's like bigger tests as a match. Um, and then they did the, but then he ended up beating Benoit like clean. And I, I'm not saying that we're even there yet. I don't think yeah. this is that match, but I see us getting to yeah, that point where all of a sudden, there. because that was the point when he beat Benoit, um, that everybody kind of looked up and went, Whoa, like mm-hmm. Batista's not just like beating lower card guys. He just beat the world heavyweight ch- or last year's world heavyweight champion. He beat somebody who like for all intents and purposes is kind of strong. Yeah. What's going on here? His and 2K so, rating is up there. <laughs> and, and so I feel like Wardlow is getting close to that point where mm-hmm. um, he can get that kind of surprise victory over somebody who is a strong established. Yeah. Established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like I'd say like Moxley could fill that role. Right. Where like you do Wardlow versus Moxley and it mm-hmm. seems like a match that would be tough for Moxley. But Moxley could ultimately overcome. But then mm-hmm. Moxley went or then Moxley loses. Right. Like that's yeah. that's maybe where I could see that going. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not but, sure as far as like Moxley would be in that position to lose to him, but I wouldn't be against it. But if anybody else comes to your mind who you think would be like the a well-established guy within AEW for Wardlow well, uh, to So beat. the reason I said Moxley was because uh, I was thinking former champion goes a long way. Okay. All right. Yeah, I see and, what you're saying. So, and that's, that's really where I wanted that to go because, you know, I feel like CM Punk was already that, right? Like, yeah. he had CM Punk beat. He beat him, yeah. but Yeah, he had him beat. He had the foot on him. And then all of a sudden. MJF. Uh, uh, MJF, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this was a solid C for me. Like, it, it was effective, uh, but uh, th- there was nothing that was um, uh, offensive here. Um, so, yeah, this is a C. Mm-hmm. And then we had... Uh, so, I was ready for this segment. I've been waiting on this segment. We had oh, the inner circle This bullshit. <laughs> no, hold on! I- no, no, no. So, this is what screwed me up from missing those debuts and shit because i was going to take a shower (laughs) (laughs) all right so we had uh the inner circle team meeting Mm -hmm. and chris jericho makes his way out uh judas plays crowds into judas thorough is going to be into judas Mm -hmm. uh now jericho is not my favorite no however i'll give credit where it's due yep he seems to be slimming down i noticed it last week but uh and I, I I noticed it like two weeks ago actually. Um, because he's going back to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just I noticed that you know one of the big bigger criticisms of Chris Jericho is that mm-hmm. he he bloated over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but he looked like in better shape this year, especially this week. Uh, so I'll acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but you noticed that Santana and Ortiz were not with Jericho, mm-hmm. and. Jericho uh, calls them out. Out comes uh, Santana and Ortiz to their own music. Mm-hmm. They're not wearing inner circle gear. Mm-hmm. And we get Santana on the mic. Let me tell you, B-Rob. I know. Santana on the mic is one of my favorite things. We, mm-hmm. know, we found out what he had to offer back in, I want to say, 
Huntsville, Alabama back in uh, February of 2020 in which he cut a promo on Moxley the week before they had a match in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember the match in Austin. Uh, It was the main event and it was the eye for an eye match because Mm -hmm. uh, they were both uh, because Moxley had uh, taken out Santana's eye the week before. Yep. And then so, we you, you forget also as well more recently shit at the Terminus show. <laughs> yes, no, he, cut- he he's the talker. Uh, he is a good promo. Santana is a very good promo, um, and he basically got to do the majority of the talking here. Mike Santana got to go head to head, face to face, man to man on the mic with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, yeah, and outdid him. Now uh, I feel like Chris Jericho. Maybe I'm reading too much into it here. Seems like he's going heel. It feels to me a lot like a lot of what he was saying here felt like it was meant to come off like kind of a pompous ass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, um, you know, he talked about how he he plucked uh, Santana and Ortiz from obscurity. Obscurity. Yeah, he brought them into into AEW and – uh, he said, maybe we got the wrong members of LAX. <laughs> that was hilarious. That, that was a good line, yeah. He said, maybe, what are Homicide and Hernandez up to? Uh, and mm-hmm. that obviously pissed off Santana. Santana grabbed him by, uh, they grabbed each other by the neck, uh, and uh, Sammy goes to break it up. Chris Jericho says, shut up, Sammy. Sammy gets pissed and is like, you know what? I'm done. Until mm-hmm. you guys can figure this out. He said, I left the inner circle before. I'll leave it again. He drops his jacket. TNT mm-hmm. champion Sammy Guevara takes off. And Hager stands there like a goob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then Ortiz uh, reminds us that, you know, even Santana, he says Santana's right. You know, some of the stuff Santana was saying about how mm-hmm. we came here and we've been fighting nothing but your battle since we got here. True. And uh, But when it comes to us, you haven't had our back. True. Um, Chris Jericho reminds them that, you guys had your first tag team title match uh, almost a year ago to the day, and you lost, and that's not my fault. Uh, now, I would have followed that up uh, with the fact that, well, you guys were the number one contenders. You and MJF were the number one contenders at the time, and we were so focused on getting you the number one contendership that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There were things you yeah. places you could have gone with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... And hey, uh, I want to read a super chat, uh, super chat from Brent, who says, uh, "quote Now you may speak." Unquote. Santana being effortlessly effortlessly badass, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody in the chat. Um, well, shit! Says, shout out to JJ down there, or whatever. Come over from RBR. Yeah, JJ said had the worst day from jump. Glad to hear you guys will and be Rob today. Uh, really is a good pick me up. Have a good one, y'all. Thank you, JJ. Really That's the homie. That. I appreciate you for uh, your patronage and being in Discord all the time, keeping me entertained when I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, always appreciate you. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I just I did like this segment. I thought that this was kind of the, mm-hmm. the piece Santana and Ortiz had needed to kind of mm-hmm. uh, make that next jump. Uh, I almost wonder what's next for them because the match yes. that was made for next week's Dynamite live from. The place um, they're going to be in. No, hold on. I know where it is. Um, not Memphis, but the other major city in Tennessee. Um, sure. Come on. There's only two major cities in Tennessee. Why am I drawing a blank on the other one? 
Memphis? No, I said Memphis. Uh, I don't know. Nashville. 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 Nash- Cashville, Tennessee, where Young Buck yes. and them from. <laughs> yes. Uh, from live from Nashville. Uh, we thank you, Chad. Um, Chris Jericho. Actually, I got it right before the chat said. But, <laughs> hey, don't let them take. Don't let him take that from you. You got yeah, that, Chad. Because well, my brain was kept thinking like Knoxville, and I'm like, no, not Knoxville. Uh, mm. But I'm like, but I'm close. Uh, same sound. What is it? There it was Nashville. Um, yeah, so we're going to see Jake Hager and Chris Jericho up against Santana and Ortiz finally. Uh, mm-hmm. And this segment for me was actually a solid B. I mm-hmm. thought this segment was, you know, again, not a huge fan of just like big talky stuff, but uh, I thought that this got the point across. I thought that Santana and Ortiz looked in a way that they haven't gotten to look before. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also enjoyed uh, Santana's facials a lot. As yes. He, yeah. Uh, so much so that we took the, um, the the picture of him looking into the camera and making the face. We made that a a Discord emoji. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's it's already memed, right? Like mm-hmm. he looked good. The uh, next show, if they're on the, because they're gonna be on the card, you know, they're gonna have one of those big heads of that face in the crowd somewhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was good. I was a big mm-hmm. fan of that. Uh, and then we're just here, right? Uh, very next segment. Was uh, outcomes Isaiah yes. Cassidy and Isaiah Cassidy? You could sense just watching this how much fun he was about to have, but yeah. I wasn't sure truly how much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, because you could see he was like really high up coming down to the ring. They did yeah. the regular private party entrance. He mm-hmm. did the they do the velvet rope, and he, he even gave the man the tip. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he always does the tip, but the mm-hmm. way he did it was. Uh, he like was just hamming it up and it seemed like he was about to have a moment and I wasn't sure what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because we did. got the, yeah, well, <laughs> well, for us, not in the know, we got the little swerve at the beginning of that before the entrance. You're right. I, I, I forgot about that. You're right. Before mm-hmm. that, we had a segment, um, in which the, uh, Rapungi Vice is being interviewed uh, and they announced that the the rematch, uh, the match that they were supposed to have a couple finally going to happen, yeah, is going to happen against the Young Bucks this Friday on Rampage. And then uh, in come the Young Bucks, and uh, they decide they just want to fight now. But then in comes uh, Adam Cole for a low blow, baby. Yes, and right before uh, much, excuse me, much to the surprise of the Young Bucks, in comes Switchblade Jay White. Now, this is where I got my time to shine on RBR because, like, oh. I'm one of the only ones that watch New Japan and probably a lot of stuff outside of WWE and AEW. So when we got to this part in the segment of uh, RBR last night, there was like, Rob, who's Jay White? And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, former IWGP heavyweight champion, former IWGP Intercontinental Heavyweight uh, Intercontinental Champion. I think they put heavyweight on there at one point, but I believe they changed that up as well. Former IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, uh, current never open weight champion, and damn former G one winner. Freaking, he beat Tanahashi, he beat Okada, he beat uh, Naito. Uh, he is the leader of the Bullet Club. Of the Bullet Club, <laughs> after at one point having been. One of their greatest rivals. Uh, mm-hmm. And now with uh, the members that he was in said rivalry with, mm-hmm. now that they are a 
parted ways with the Bullet Club. He is now, and and all of that was referenced later in the show where Matt Jackson kind of addresses that, hey, Jay White and Kenny Omega don't exactly get along. They don't well, like each other. <laughs> yeah, and um, and Adam Cole's like, hey, trust me, I got this. Because remember, we took an oath. We're Bullet Club for life. And uh, I actually did kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, so Jay White showed up. So th- that could have swerved people because, yeah, maybe. Because it looked like he was going straight to the ring. You yeah, could have just been <laughs> headed straight to the ring. But that was not the case because, oh, bask in his glory, uh, Mr. Keith Lee is all elite. Now, this was like worst kept secret in pro wrestling. <laughs> like pretty much everybody was talking about this a week ago. It, yeah. It, like uh, everybody kind of knew. But mm-hmm. uh, I will say that Tony Khan's wording kind of threw some people off the scent. It pretty much threw everybody off the scent. Yeah. I will say I was off the scent by his wording because mm-hmm. uh, my initial thought was, oh, yeah, Keith Lee, easy. And then yeah. <laughs> once, he, uh, once he said that the, the door was, was opening, this is the forbidden door mm-hmm. thing, and he talked about slamming the door on a previous employer and all mm-hmm. of that, then I thought, Oh, he can't be talking about Keith Lee. Keith Lee's a free agent, so yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a bunch clarif- of jumbles. Well, then he later clarified that he realized that he probably misused the term "forbidden door," mm-hmm. and that was why he ended up calling Jay White. But the Jay White thing didn't come around. He said he didn't lock down Jay White till Sunday. Till Sunday, yeah. Till Sunday, uh, which means that when he initially made the statement, he was talking about Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Keith Lee is all elite, uh, and Keith Lee showed up to show out. I feel mm-hmm. like this entire thing was almost to make a bit of a statement. Yeah, because it was. Keith Lee had there's a lot Keith Lee was known for, not just um in NXT, but also in the indies as well. And when Keith Lee, of course, made his way to WWE's main roster, um, he was basically made to shed all of it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh the moment he came out, he interrupted Randy Orton the night after SummerSlam mm-hmm. uh in 2020. And yep. the first thing people noticed was uh, his theme music was gone and not in a way where it's like, oh, he got new music that's like yeah. more suited for him or something custom made for him. It's like, no, we literally just gave him like some generic music. That, yeah. Uh, some just, synth keyboard bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it was just nonsense. Uh, and and by and the also- way. And also for the people that are referencing the Bullet Club stuff in the chat or whatever, Bullet, I don't know if y'all watching that stuff right now, but Bullet Club is in hella disarray in New Japan to where like they have factions within that faction and evil is at the forefront of one of them. So a lot of people look at evil to be the leader of the Bullet Club and all kinds of stuff. So it's just like, what what is it? They got like the, um, the something of torture. It's a faction with inside of the Bullet Club. And then you got the firing squad with Tamatanga. House of yeah. Torture, yeah. yeah. And it's just ah, shenanigans <laughs> over yes. that way. Uh, and JJ also sent a super chat, said, I had a crummy day from the start, but I'm glad to hear my guys, Will and uh, B-Rob. Much love to y'all. Uh, and congrats, Will, on the album, JJ of the RBR Neighborhood. Uh, thank you. Um, I got to hear my song uh, as uh, Powerhouse Hobbs made his mm-hmm. way out. Um I wish uh, I wish it was directly fed because it sounded like it was just feeding through the uh, the speakers the in arena the arena without mm-hmm. a direct feed because uh, there's a lot of 
detail to that song that felt like it was missing. Um, yeah, they had some Mariah Carey bell claps or something <laughs> in there, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's... Um, but the second I heard Powerhouse, it's the big homie Powerhouse Hops. Um, and I... I'm happy. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's also a special edition of Dark airing tonight, by the way. And Hobbs is wrestling on that uh, this evening. He's wrestling Lee Johnson. Mm. Uh, and so. A lot of Lees. You got Lee Johnson. You got Lee Moriarty. We got Keith Lee, you yeah. know. <laughs> and you know, we got my, my, my Cash dad. Willer. Then we got Willer Yuta. Then we got Adam Page. Then we got all the, the other Adams. How about <laughs> Just... we got. Isaiah Cassidy in this match. Also Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, I was saying, though, that Keith Lee came here to show out because I was talking about his debut on Raw. And in that debut on Raw, you could see that one, he like comes out in he's got uh, a top to his uh, gear and they put him in kind of the, the, the shorts um, mm-hmm. that kind of look like a skirt. And yeah, a kilt. Th- yeah, it was very much like a. Uh, we said this on Grapsity at the time, but it really felt like they really tried to beat the Keith Lee out of Keith Lee. <laughs> uh, the way I said it on Grapsity at the time was it felt like they wanted a big black wrestler and they were trying to get Keith Lee to fill that role mm-hmm. more so than they wanted Keith Lee. I don't think they wanted Keith Lee on the main roster. Nah. You know, uh, when he came back at the beginning of, uh, or when he came back toward the end of 2021, mm-hmm. he was, uh, they had him growling. When did Keith Lee ever growl? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they changed his name to Bearcat Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted him having the angry facials and all that. Whereas who Keith Lee is, when you know that he comes out with like in a very, uh, suave, confident, confident yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. Suave, confident guy. And they were like, no, nah, you need to be mean mugging. You know, they were like, mm-hmm. you don't wrestle like a big man. You need to wrestle like a big man, which like I always said, um, I said that's what NXT 2.0 is for. Like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna if if you want to manufacture guys, manufacture guys, mm-hmm. do that. But don't take somebody who's already kind of established who they are and established what they are and try to mold them into something they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you didn't want Keith Lee, then like don't take Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, I feel like Keith Lee came out to be Keith Lee as yeah. much as he could here, and Isaiah Cassidy was kind of the perfect opponent to really. Boy, did he go. <laughs> <laughs> that Beal uh, to start the match was just incredible. The height and the distance that Isaiah Cassidy got from that Beal. You could see it in Keith Lee's face. The He's moment. like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you could see it like the second, I, I would say, maybe a millisecond before he hits the ground. You could see the amazement in Keith Lee's face of, Holy crap! <laughs> did I just do that? <laughs> and like he kind of has like a celebratory, like "Yes, I did" kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then uh, he basically goes and does all the Keith Lee offense. Uh, and uh, shout out to the chat for saying all the Lees in AEW need to form the Legion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Keith Lee got the show out here. Private Party was kind of mm-hmm. the, the perfect ones for this. Now. There were some digs in this match mm-hmm. because uh, midway through the match, Matt Hardy gets upset at his team losing and decides to leave. Just leave. Oh, through the crowd. Just like his brother. Uh, the, and th- <laughs> yeah, he left through the crowd. And then if you weren't sure that that was a reference, 
Then Tony Schiavone then says, wow, that's really erratic, erratic. behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's really erratic behavior. Gee, I wonder where we've heard that somebody had erratic behavior for leaving through the crowd. You know so, what? Last night we was talking about all these instances that, we, that we're referencing now. And I was just like, we were thinking about it as like, this is awkward or whatever. Not to the point of where like, no shit, his brother just did the same thing not too long ago. <laughs> Yeah, that was this was definitely a reference to mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy and uh, kind of his last stand in uh, in WWE. Uh, got a super chat here from Bam. He says, "Will, who's Keith Lee's favorite rapper?" LOL. JK, keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, I don't want to get into that again. Uh, watch mm-hmm. Rhapsody though every Saturday at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Um, super Bowl predictions. The team with the most points. So, you know, it's funny. (laughs) Um, hmm. I have no ties to uh, either team. But I will say that I have ties to people who have ties to either team. Mm -hmm. And that I've got my cousin, Shane Strickland, Mm -hmm. and my brother, Curtis Washington. Oh, so. Are both massive, massive Rams fans. Okay. But on the other hand. Sean Rossep uh, of Fightful.com uh, is a big Bengals fan. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, now, I'm, go- I'm going for the Bengals because uh, their quarterback is from LSU. That's my home state. So there you go. Um, I like the Bengals, and I feel like it's their story. Yeah, also, it's their time. But also, I'm a Von Miller fan because I'm a Broncos fan at my heart. And... If he's not going to do it with the Broncos. He even said recently, he said mm-hmm. he is, uh, he may be playing with the Rams, but he is a Bronco for life. Uh, and he said, this is just where I'm playing right now. So Word. in that sense, if Von Miller were to get himself a ring with the Rams, then it's kind of like the Broncos getting one, right? Yeah. So I guess deep in my heart, I'm saying go with the family, go with the, mm-hmm. uh, the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's my answer is the Rams. LSU, we're going Bengals, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though. I'm not necessarily rooting for either one. I think, honestly, the playoffs have just been some really entertaining football, and that's where I'm mm-hmm. going to go. It is, is just give me some entertaining football. I don't know. Uh, I, probably won't, I probably won't be able to watch it anyway because I'll be coming back from Dallas. I'm doing a commentary for a wrestling show on Saturday. <laughs> oh, fun. Um, I'm going to see... This Saturday, I'm going to see Chris Red do stand-up. Uh, so that'll be fun. You're not going to um, go see T.I. do stand-up comedy? <laughs> no, that sounds miserable. No, but uh, I guess uh, I found out. Um, Paul told me that uh, that I guess Chris Red and a number of SNL people, when SNL's not on, they just they do stand-up. Uh, so I'm going to go see Chris Red stand-up. Um, he's probably one of my favorite SNL cast members. So, uh I'm going to do that this weekend and like we're going to do like a big Valentine's date since Valentine's is on a Monday. I got to do it this weekend. Uh Super Bowl is actually on my dad's birthday so I'm going to head to my dad's and watch it there. It's going to be Very fun. Well. Uh but anyway, Keith Lee, speaking of Lee's cuz my dad's a Lee. Um but, That's my middle name too. <laughs> hey, it's my brother's middle name. I'm surrounded by Lee's by the way. It's my nephew's middle name as well. Um my son too. <laughs> Keith Lee uh he like I say, he just got Joe out here. Um, I and you knew 
the moment it was Isaiah Cassidy, all I could think of is where is he going to incorporate the scream? And yeah, I thought it would have been the bill, but you know, he, well, he only ever does it once a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the fact that he saved it for the finish probably made more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then afterward, of course, then, um, they tried to attack him outside the ring and the way he caught, uh, Mark Quinn for that power bomb mm-hmm. was fucking beautiful. Oh, mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that is like the type of wrestling that scares me, but, uh, this, when it works out, it works out. <laughs> this segment, I didn't think I was going to give out another one on this show because I gave out one last week to the main event. Mm-hmm. But this segment gets the acclaimed, the, I would say the the uh, hardly obtained, but again, in two episodes of Day After Dynamite, I've given out two of them now. But mm-hmm. this hits S-tier. Uh, this was an S-tier segment to me. Oh. Um, I thought that they just... I thought it was a flawless, absolutely flawless debut for Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing I would have changed about this. No. I saw somebody say, and I think that somebody was Paul, say that it went too long. Uh, disagree. I think mm-hmm. that uh, too long to me would have been if this had gone through a commercial break. I, th- I, think, the, I think the qualm is in stature of the two athletes or whatever. They, he he felt like Keith Lee should have came in and just mowed through Isaiah but there Cassidy. Were two of, there were two of them, and at the end of the day, they're still... Um, an AEW tag team that like kind of yeah. matters, and that's a team that you know. As soon as Jeff comes in, like that's the first place I would go. Is the yeah. Versus, and I don't, you know, I want the Hardys to show out with Private Party. I don't. Want I want them to, be, to show out, then get out. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I don't want it to be a Hardys against two guys who, uh, you know, got mowed over, and it's like they did anyway. It was mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, for a second, for a brief second, they got the best of Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was perfect. S tier yeah. all the way. Shout uh, out to my co-host Noah in the chat. Yes. Uh, and Noah also says, uh, Noah of RBR says, I also disagree that it went too long. Shout out pro wrestling Noah. Mm. Um, and you know what? That from the time Keith Lee left the Indies to go to WWE, if they could freaking Thanos snap blip that shit out of existence and have this be his return to professional wrestling, it would have been the most perfect thing ever. I mean, it, that last night's debut made up for all that bullshit that he did in WWE, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> so the next segment uh, was the aforementioned match that got added to the show because mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, cause I always have a problem with that because logically, uh, I, I ask this every episode of raw, especially when it's a main event, what were you going to do? Yeah. What if, was supposed to be there? If, yeah. What was supposed to be there? Was the show just going to end early? Like what was going to happen here? Um, like I saw somebody say like, logically you could say that CM Punk interrupted MJF celebration and therefore and that, cut it short. Mm-hmm. So therefore there was, uh, this match went to the time that should have gone to MJF. Like, okay, that's fine. Uh, we did see, though, MJF, uh, sorry, uh, FTR take on CM Punk and his mystery partner. It turned out mm-hmm. to be John Moxley. It's the only thing I don't have a graphic for because this match wasn't announced. Yeah. Uh, but John Moxley and CM Punk teamed up. And this is it the was, best match on the show. It was, this it was is, good. Yeah, this real is a phenomenal good. tag match. Uh, this was everything it needed to be. Now, of course, on the line was CM Punk getting... Uh, another opportunity mm-hmm. to face MJF. He could choose the match uh, type and the location. Place. Yeah. Yes. 
which you know it's going to be revolution um <laughs> it's just a matter of what they do at revolution yeah speaking of revolution do you want a revolution <laughs> you know what do you want a revolution do you because i'll tell you what sneak peek uh i'm just gonna announce it here Ooh. for anybody watching and you'll have the heads up but if you happen to be in the orlando area or uh-huh. happen to be traveling to orlando or have the ability to travel to orlando i'll tell you guys what i on twitter will be giving away two tickets to revolution mm-hmm. i actually have two tickets to revolution that uh i will be parting with um i'll still be at revolution but mm-hmm. i have two tickets i'm parting with i'll be giving them away on my twitter uh i'll be posting that later on today so stay tuned to on how to win two free tickets to revolution yeah otherwise if you can't give them away i'll take them <laughs> <laughs> And if you can make your way to Orlando, actually, you know what though? Um, it's funny you said that. I may have an extra. Um, oh, so... Shit! <laughs> Damn it, man! I'm a, I'm going to Dallas this weekend. I'm going to Atlanta again next weekend, and then I got another trip after that. It's like if I can fit this shit in here, you damn right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so continuing with the show, yeah. So we had the tag match. I thought this just delivered so much. It was such just a fun tag match. I thought the Doomsday spot was fun. There were Mm -hmm. so many near falls and so many opportunities, so many places where I thought that it was over. uh, Mm -hmm. And FTR believably had it won. When they hit the big rig, I thought, yeah, you know, this is it. This is over. Tell you whacking him with the damn coat. That tickled me to no end. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Really, the only not perfect spot was. Punk struggling to get Tully up for the go to sleep, but honestly, hey, the, the old man was fighting back. I was gonna say, yeah, Tully's hundred years old. You know uh, what are you gonna do? But um, the finish to this mm-hmm. was so perfectly in sync. I was shocked at how mm-hmm. perfect that hit. Um, and at the you swear they've been time, working together like forever. I know that was just crazy how they hit the paradigm shift and the go to sleep at the same time. Uh, FTR reminds everybody each time they're out there, why Mm -hmm. people say they're the best. Uh, The crowd was going insane this whole match. Mm -hmm. They were into every little bit of it. They were into Moxley. They were into punk. The GCW chance. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, And everything about this match just delivered. And then punk ended up getting the victory, allowing him to have his match with MJF. At Revolution, what's it going to be? I have no clue. But stay tuned to my Twitter if you want to be a part of it. I'm serious. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm giving away those tickets. So if you want to, uh, if you want to be there, just uh, I guess you'll you'll figure out how. It's going to be really simple. I'm just going to pick people at random. Um, It's going to be just one of those like retweet this post kind of deals, and I'll just Mm -hmm. pick from the retweet list. Um, Yes. But anyway. And then he'll ask you about your car's extended warranty as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that was that great tag mm-hmm. match. Uh, this was a, a solid A plus. Um, mm-hmm. Not a whole lot I would have changed. Mm-mm. This was great. 
it just flowed and went and everything. Even um, like the point that Noah was bringing up when a uh, cash was standing on Punk's leg talking about I'm surfing. <laughs> yes, that was that was great. Uh, I had so much fun with this match, um, especially for a match I wasn't anticipating getting to see. Mm-hmm. This was picture perfect. Uh, I loved it, and we also kind of established here that, uh, you know. John Moxley works well with a tag partner. Oh yeah, the 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 confrontation between him and Brian the other week. Yeah, yeah, you know Brian has worked. Join me, you know it in your heart to be uh, true. <laughs> Brian said this week that uh, uh, it's being advertised that Brian's got some things to say. Mm-hmm. Will he have some things to say about the fact that hey Moxley showed he could work in a team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I want the things. I want the stuff. Bring yes. all in the people, the freaking Garcia, Moriarty, bring them all in. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we had our first of two championship matches for the mm-hmm. evening. We had Jade Cargill taking on AQA. She was former. Damn, Zeta I can see Rosa. all in her mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the shit? <laughs> uh, so yes, AQA was uh, Zeta Ramir in mm-hmm. NXT. She wrestled five matches there. She actually beat Tony Storm on television. Yeah, um, but otherwise, uh, she Booker really T girl. Booker <laughs> T girl. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, we. She didn't really get much of a fair shake uh, as far as WWE is concerned. No, and I feel like every place she needed to deliver here, she did. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we start with the fact that hey, she had theme music. Shout out Mikey Ruckus. He said he got that done in the afternoon. Um, she had theme but, music. She had a Tron. She had damn. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she had all of that right. And then mm. they of course cut to a promo of her um, with some production shots. They actually did some B roll of her that looked like yeah. it was filmed in the arena like earlier in the day. Because I was looking in the background and I'm like, that looks like the the Boardwalk Hall arena. Um, yeah. That looks like and where it- they currently are. And with her or whatever, it's just like, I know there's plenty uh, women on the independent scene and other parts of professional wrestling that can do shooting star presses or whatever. But like for when she was wrestling with Roe, that was a highlight of her, you know, her athleticism is was the shooting star press. That small stint that she had in WWE, they highlighted the shooting star press and everything. And then even here when she's with AEW, they're highlighting the shooting star press. So it's just. I mean, yeah. it looks good as shit, but, but I mean, I thought the promo was actually pretty good. Yeah. I thought that uh, better than the, that promo picture. I saw all her Medulla album, yeah. all that. <laughs> but she did the she did the the little pre tape promo, um, mm-hmm. and I I thought that was good. Uh, and then, but ultimately, as soon as that lightning and thunder hit, boy, a storm is coming. I Out love that Jay. music. I do too. Out comes Jay Cargill. Uh, I figured this was going to be something short. But no, the uh, other way around. What we did here was uh, we showed that Jade Cargill might have some fights on her hands. Um, mm-hmm. And again, a lot of people keep talking about the fact that Jade Cargill keeps showing out every single time she steps yeah. in that ring. And this was mm-hmm. another time where I thought AQA looked really good. Yeah. And I thought Jade Cargill looked really good. Mm-hmm. And she's adding uh, new elements to her arsenal or whatever. And, you know, it's already been publicized that she's doing some training with uh, Brian Danielson. So, I mean, yeah. that's always a plus, 
if you get yes. to work with that guy. <laughs> I know. Plus, I don't know if you've seen uh, Bree's dancing videos uh, on on the show she's on. Hey, if mm. I were Brian Danielson, I'd ask to cha- train with Jay Cargill too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man i'm kidding i'm kidding but uh, but not really (laughs) but so uh jade here hit an excellent excellent uh what the hell is the name tour of the islands tour of the Uh, islands yes thank you mm -hmm. um the jeff cops finish uh looked excellent that looked Mm -hmm. really good Uh, yeah she put a little more force behind it or whatever because she kind of threw her body with it as well as to where jeff cobb just kind of stops and slam. <laughs> yes. And yeah, and then she uh, hit her with Jaded. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. But uh, we did get to see the shooting star in the match. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was the moment that woke the crowd up because the crowd was pretty much exhausted. It was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they were exhausted from that tag match. But I feel like that shooting star woke the crowd up. Mm-hmm. And Jade, 27 and 0. Uh, mm-hmm. She gets a little Undertaker style graphic. So I'm excited about that whole thing. It's just like they they are heavily playing into the undefeated streak. They they putting pomp and circumstance behind it, the graphics and all that stuff. She's the current TBS champion. And it's just like now there's an open challenge. Who is going to be the one to topple her undefeated streak and take the title? It's just like it's so freaking exciting, man. Yeah. Oh, and one thing I didn't talk about, because uh, it was more so Rampage stuff, but, you know, they did the reveal last week. Yeah, this ain't D-A-R. Right. Well, I was going to say that, uh, yeah, uh, but they did do a little segment recapping the fact that mm-hmm. it was revealed that Britt Baker was the one behind uh, Mercedes yeah. Martinez, that she was the one that paid her. And that uh, was great. And the thing I love about that is that uh, we have it in place. It is now sets up the rematch now for the title. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa because as soon as Thunder Rosa vanquishes um, Mercedes Martinez, which she's going to get to do next Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa gets to uh, move on to the title. Yeah. And then to speak of that match real quickly and everything, I know it was one of those rare disqualification wins. Um, when she hit her with that pipe, that shit was cool. It almost looked like a Mortal Kombat move to where, like, yeah. where did they pull this pipe from? It just kind of <laughs> appeared and bam, she was hit. <laughs> yep, and uh, you know the crazy thing is though, I think Thunder Rosa is winning the title. I, I I wouldn't mind that. I like fully do. I fully believe that uh, Brit's losing because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brit's run is over. Like mm-hmm. Brit is probably going to be when it's all said and done, like a ten time champ. <laughs> and so, well, like when her career is all said and done, yeah. But um, and who would have thunk it? <laughs> and, and so I, you know, this just being the ending of her first reign, I think, I think Thunder Rosa is going to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next we had uh, the rare, only seen it a couple of times, second women's match. Uh, this one was only a minute, but mm-hmm. uh, we did have the five minute rookie challenge, the professor's five minute rookie challenge. Mm-hmm. And this saw, uh, the one and only Professor Serena mm-hmm. Deep. Oh, let me get that back up. There we go. What the hell? There we are. <laughs> uh, the Professor Serena Deeb um, mm-hmm. face a rookie. Don't remember her name. Uh, and yeah. she beat her less than a minute. And this is another thing, just to like what I was talking about with the last match. With They're building up to somebody to just come in and, you know, 
defeat this challenge. And I'm excited to see who that is. <laughs> now, um, of course, our friend Monica said, who do you think this Serena Open Challenge is leading to? Athena, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, because there's a number of questions that have to be uh, asked here. Mm-hmm. I do think that this is leading very soon to the return of Hikaru Shida. Oh, yeah, it was, that... K- it was Katie Arquette, because I made the joke last night about this David Arquette daughter. <laughs> Uh, Sheeta, she um, uh, is done with Makai, which is what mm-hmm. she traveled to Japan for and why she's been gone, uh, which is why they had her knee taken out. She's done. So uh, mm-hmm. sounds like she'll be back really soon. I imagine it's to uh, exact revenge and hopefully give me my Iron Man match. That's all I want. I want Iron Man match. Iron Hikaru- Woman. Iron Woman match. Hikaru <laughs> Sheeta, Iron Person. Uh, Iron person. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hikaru person! Shida, Hikaru Shida versus... Uh, is that an RBR reference, by the way? Was yeah. That what that was? Okay. <laughs> I was like, that just sounds like a joke we made like 10 years ago. The shame is joke. Yeah, the shame is joke. That's what I thought it was. Uh, but anyway... The... Oh, man. There are so many stupid references over the last 17 years of that show. Uh, but, yeah. I I want to see the Iron Woman match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida. It's, that is what I want. Or, as I say in the chat, two out of three falls. That works, mm-hmm. too. Um, either one is good. But give me my Iron Woman match. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is what I'm after. Uh and um and Redman noted uh said Sheeta's article about the struggles of Joshi's transitioning to AEW is an is- interesting read. I actually just read that right before this show. Uh and she talked a lot about how much AEW used to rely on um Joshi talent, but now they kind of don't and so mm-hmm. the Joshis are kind of struggling to find their place. Um and uh it doesn't help that there's a pandemic in place. Like, it, it was a really good read. Mm-hmm. Um I, I read the entire thing. I tried to watch uh, some stardom and it was just like, I love stardom. It, um, I, 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 I have to try. I had to try harder to watch it mm-hmm. because it's just like, it took me right out of the, right out of it at the very beginning. Cause the first match they had was for the, I think the rising star title to where the requirements to even compete for that title, you had to be under 17 with at least, or with at least three years experience. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so all these kids are minors in here wrestling and i was like all right i can't watch this shit right now <laughs> i mean what are you watching for never mind we ah! that. uh but so we then had the main event texas death match which by AEW rules mm-hmm. basically a last man standing match yeah um it is a uh it was lance archer mm-hmm. challenging the reigning and defending AEW world champion, Hangman Adam Page. His not as bad as AQA's. <laughs> I know, it's at least dark, right? <laughs> uh, but Hangman Adam Page versus Lance Archer. Um, Lance Archer, uh, so the the match starts, and the last few times Lance Archer has had a championship match, he always has that glass entrance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he usually throws somebody through it to do mm-hmm. the everybody dies thing. But instead... Um, he's caught backstage by Hangman Adam Page. They brawl backstage, and they make their way to the stage, and Hangman throws Archer through the glass Archer sign. Mm-hmm. 
And I was just like, I was talking to, um, cause me and Noah did the last 30 minutes of the show live on the, the RBR Facebook page. And we were watching this together live. And I was like, that's a sugar glass. That's what some people use in movies and stuff, you know, so they don't get injured and everything. I don't think they use this in that uh, Shane McMahon in a oh no <laughs> angle match because yeah that dude got dumped on his head multiple times multiple times yeah <laughs> um, I think it was supposed I think that was just like a freak accident that it it mm-hmm. didn't break as much as it uh, was supposed to I don't know that, but that, that that glass might have expired you know they just had it in storage too long and it hardened up <laughs> so this was a match that didn't um, get a whole lot of time like you you kind of looked up and it was like whoa, there's only like 15 minutes left in the show and we still got entrances to go. They skipped the entrances, but otherwise, this match kind of was in and out. We got exactly what we were going to get uh, through this match, and I kind of liked that. It was just mm-hmm. all the spots they had in mind. They got bloody really fast, and mm-hmm. uh, they kicked the shit out of each other. Um, that uh, blackout that, yes. that oh. Hangman Adam Page took on the steel steps yeah, that was like very There's Jeff so Hardy-esque. Many, there were so many things that scared me about that. Like, I'm thinking about the edges of the steel steps, right? I'm yes. Like, are you going to, like, cut yourself on that? What is happening here? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was crazy. They they uh, started to uh, – oh, hey, I've been joined by a cat, by the way. So, um, oh. <laughs> oh, He almost so, bopped your ass. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's a she, but, yeah, she just hopped up on my lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the match – uh, we did see a spot in which uh, Jake wanted to hit a DDT on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, on the outside, and Lance wouldn't let him, and that led to Lance getting hit with the DDT outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then Jake got to hit one of his patent short arm lariats. Man, that did. was cool. Yeah, uh, uh, Dan Lambert also removed the the turnbuckle. Now we didn't get that right off the bat, but I, we as it as it progressed after the turnbuckle came down, it's like, why would he do something like that? Oh, the buckshot. Yeah, he took away his buckshot. That, that was a good story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can he hit the buckshot without it? And that was answered because... Yeah. Uh, so they brought out... Um, Lance Archer brings out a chair uh, with barbed wire on it. And uh, and this was just, again, just the chain of events that led to this was so great. Hangman mm-hmm. removes the barbed wire and uses it to, to strike... Mm-hmm. Um, uses it to strike... Uh, Archer Lance with Archer. the roaring yeah. elbows. Yeah. So when Archer is outside and the two tables are set up uh, or is on their apron, Hangman throws down the barbed wire uh, and referee Paul Turner goes to pick it up. And when he's bent over, Hangman uses him to springboard off of for the buckshot lariat, takes Archer through, through the, the tables, and uh, beautiful. We, get, we get the 10 count. And that's it. Hangman retains. Uh, I will say, I haven't had as much fun with Hangman as a champion as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't seen enough of him. But yeah. the matches, the matches have all come through. And yeah. ultimately, if he can keep doing that, he's going to have a good title reign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the match was over, out comes the other Adam. Adam Cole. Baby. Uh, yes. Which, as somebody reminded us, your Bullet Club, your Bullet Club for life. And mm-hmm. gee, who did... Adam Cole recruit to the Bullet Club uh, about six years ago. Hangman Adam Page. Uh, it's full circle, he, people. Yeah, <laughs> and he comes out and 
Of course, the commentary notes that he's the new number one contender because he was the number two ranked. Now mm-hmm. he's the number one ranked. He hands Hangman the championship and just pats walks away. Walks away. Mm-hmm. What's going on? We know this is the match we're going to get at Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where do the Bucks stand in all of this? Because uh, they gave Hangman the nod at full gear. Yeah. So we're so back. Much. We're, we're back to this story. We're back to an elite story, mm-hmm. uh, and that seems to be what's going to take uh, precedence in the main event. Yeah. And then what the hell is Red Dragon? <laughs> uh, I, well, Kyle O'Reilly just had a baby. Um, oh yeah. All right. Okay. His wife just had a baby, so uh, that's exactly where they're at right now. Very well. But, yes, there is actually a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much time he's going to take. He's been gone like three weeks. But uh, and another baby was born maybe two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, take your time. Yes, but yes, as fathers, we recognize that mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, take your time. Uh, he'll be back. But yeah, don't pull around to Rousey. <laughs> Just like she should stay cooking a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's where Kyle O'Reilly's at. Uh, Bobby Fish, he like he worked elevation last week, so he's like mm-hmm. still there. But I okay. think they're just kind of keeping him at bay till Kyle's back. Yeah, because, I mean, there's still some underlying stuff with Cole and the Bucks and all them. Because, you know, uh, you know, yeah. with the he's dead, you know, all that crap. And then yeah, like, Omega got to come back at some point, you know, so. They don't seem to trust him. But uh, mm-hmm. that main event, um, that was an A-. minus. I, I had fun with that. It, mm-hmm. it went, uh, it did kind of exactly what it needed to do. It surprised me because, uh I felt like Archer hasn't been a strong contender, but mm-hmm. match did what he needed to do. It was a good showing from Hangman. It was another um, solid match from Hangman. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I walk away from this show having given out an A plus, an S, and mm-hmm. uh, an A-. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This show was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one of those very memorable episodes of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I thought that, uh, again, Keith Lee... Um, getting to show up and show out. Um, I'm always marking out for everybody black and Keith Lee got to, uh, got to be that face here, but then AQA also, but then also Jade. Um, but Mm -hmm. then also, uh, as somebody noted, Isaiah Cassidy was really, um, the star performer in that match and that he, he made Keith Lee look like a million bucks. Now here's our question, Rob. How did this show do? Uh, let's Ooh. let us take a look uh, because we have the reports from Brandon Thurston, WrestleNomics, mm-hmm. who has reported that this week's edition of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on TBS was watched by 1.129 million viewers. Wow. Um, which gave it the number one spot on cable this week good uh it actually beat both nba games um by a lot holy crap um because it was also it did a 0.41 in 1849 uh and that is having beaten the nba games which did a 0.39 and a Mm 0.32 it beat south park with a 0.32 um and it beat the olympics with a 0.32 uh and that's really good that's up 13 percent from last week I'm glad about that. Uh, that's it's actually a damn good rating. Um, now, was it the anticipation for uh, the surprise? Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But either way, that's a win. Still good. I like that's it. A, that's a good rating. Um, so mm-hmm. good for Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, somebody in the chat just noted, um, love the set that uh, they were at 800K by this time last year as well. Like, that's the thing is um, year over year, AEW has been doing really well, right? Like for January mm-hmm. alone, um, they're up, they were up 36% over the previous year. Um, February over last February, they're up 32%. Now I know the general response to that is, well, but at this time last year, they were head to head with NXT. Sure. Mm-hmm. Except NXT is down. Uh, 5% from last. Boy, it's it. also not being head to head is down 5% from last year. Um, mm. and 6% in February. So like, um, it, it, it I guess what that says to me is that mm. a lot when the, uh, and I can understand that cause it's not just true for fans. It's true for talent. But what I was going to say is that, uh, when the Wednesday night war ended, mm. um, the habitual Wednesday watchers, of NXT did go to AEW, but it didn't necessarily go the other direction. Um, mm. But like I said, that was true of the wrestlers too, right? Like the Wednesday night wrestlers, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of ended up in NXT, uh, have ended up in uh, AEW as well. Now, now I know this is not a DAN a day after NXT, but um, do you feel? Because I, I asked my guys this the same question as well. Um, they are slowly phasing out the old guard of NXT. You know, they're trying to go with the hipper, younger talent and everything, their own homegrown developmental people. Do you think the old guard will be completely phased out by WrestleMania? Because I kind of feel like WrestleMania for WWE is the like the reset of the whole year and everything. And then we start. Fresh. I'd say by, I could see by after WrestleMania pretty much. Um, at best, maybe Cameron Grimes left and that's like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, see him called up. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I actually, I, yeah, I, I don't really dig LA Knight, but I recognize the fact that he does not belong in NXT. He, he belongs on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with the, the rebrand. Um, mm-hmm. but Hey, thank you for being here for another edition of day after dynamite. Um, unfortunately I have to let everybody know that there will not be a day after dynamite next week. Mm-hmm. A day after dynamite returns the week after I'm actually going to be, uh, doing some travel. I'll like, literally be on a plane at the time that this show is supposed to take place. And so I will not be available for next week's mm-hmm. day after Dynamite. Um, but if somebody wants to fill in for me, then they're more than welcome to. So I suppose we'll say this. I won't be on day after Dynamite <laughs> next week. So but... maybe next week you won't be here. Yes. So where is it? I was waiting for it. Oh, I didn't play. Fuck. No. All right. I had to blew the whole drum. Just end the show. Yes. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here on Day After Dynamite here on Fightful Overbooked. Um, again, you can check out RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. It is on every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can find that at uh, fanoffmedia. Or just fanoff.com. Um, and you can follow RBR Wrestling. That's at RBR Wrestling. It's a show I used to host. I hosted it for a really long time. That's why saying all this stuff is habitual to me. Hey, you want to listen to the show? Uh, Mixler.com <laughs> slash fanoff. Uh, if you, you know, they take live calls too. 909-581-4RBR. That's mm-hmm. 909-581-4727. You can email them, mail at rbrwrestling.com. Uh, what other stuff could I do for memory? Uh, <laughs> whatever. Either way. <laughs> all those Rob, things. Be Rob is now the host of RBR Weekly Wrestling mm-hmm. Talk. Check the show out. Uh, I very much recommend that you do so. RBR Wrestling yes. is how you find him on Twitter. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can find him. He's 
uh, it's B Rob on Twitter. He also mm-hmm. um, rambles randomly. Uh, <laughs> Close enough. Yes, <laughs> it's right well, there. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. I was gonna. <laughs> yes, because he has the random ran- ramblings with Rob. Also, three R show. You can find that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, there's Patreon, patreoncom wrestling. Just you, you've got it all. All the uh, things you you do a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. You are uh, definitely a podcaster extraordinaire. Yeah, man, I appreciate the opportunity, Will. Man, it's been a pleasure to sit here and talk with you. Is it's also an honor and a privilege once again to carry on the legacy that is RBR. I mean, I've I've been a fan. I've been in the community for years. And I just want to see it thrive and, you know, keep going and be bigger than what it already is. Absolutely. I uh, I had a hunch they were going to choose you as uh, as the, the new host, um, as you were kind of filling in anyway. And I thought, yeah, I, I think I know where this is going. Uh, yeah. so. I, I mean, it's mo- like most anything, man, it's just like I believe in the show and I just like I'm I'm a part of the community, the community. So I want to see it thrive. And as soon as they started having vacancies, I was I called Paul. I was like, hey, man, if you need somebody to like to substitute in, I just, I'm there. Just let me know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we went to the wedding and uh, he was like, hey, man, you want to stay on? And I was <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, man, because I'm doing this podcast, this podcast. I'm working crazy hours. And so I went to Mrs. B. Rob and she's like. So when would you do it? I was like, you know, once a week on Wednesday. She's like, you got it. I was like, well, shit, never mind. Yes. Dial me in, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you want to oh, continue no, no, watching. Not people. I hate people. Come on in. Hurry up. We're about to close the show. Okay. <laughs> oh. Got my young one in. Hi, people. <laughs> hey, look at that. Hey, this <laughs> is the perfect way to wrap up Day After Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> because... Your kid got to make an appearance on Dad before mine. What is that? <laughs> Either yes. way, milestones. Uh, this, this has been Day After Dynamite. Thanks for being with us. For B Rob, I'm Will Washington. I will see you next time. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. <laughs>